This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The official off-season show of your Houston Astros. Carlos Correa, the hero. Let's talk Astros baseball. Call 713-212-5790. That's 713-212-5790. It's the wall and it's gone. George Springer goes yard. Live from Pluckers Wing Bar on Shepherd. This is 790 Astro Line. We're live from Duffy Sports Grill for the very first time. Houston Astros style down at West Palm Beach. Got a big crowd here tonight. Duffy Sports Grill on Clematis Street. It's a beautiful location. I would say about 100 TVs in this sports grill. It's got great food, great drinks. And uh, we've got a great guest tonight. Tonight, the Astros, first of five shows down here in spring training. The Astros, of course, at the new ballpark of the Palm Beaches. And our guest tonight, I'm Steve Sparks, is going to be Jeff Luno, the general manager of the Houston Astros. Couldn't be more fitting. Thank you, Jeff, for joining us tonight. And I, what I want to ask you, first of all, is what is your first impression? You've been here 10 days. Robert Ford and I have been here two and a half hours. So we haven't been to the ballpark. We've seen pictures just like anybody else has. What's your first impression of what this is going to be able to do for the Astros? Well, Steve, it's, it's, uh, first of all, thank you very much for having me on as a guest. It's terrific to be here in Duffy's. You're right. There's great food, great libations, and a lot of Astros fans in town. There is. And I will tell you that I saw the complex in December. And I saw it in November, and I was a little worried that it wasn't going to be ready <laughs> by the time we got here on February 13th. But they did a tremendous job, yeah. a lot of support, a lot of different people involved. And I will tell you two things. Our players love it, and our fans love it. Our players love it because it's one of the best places to do their work. Everything is close by. The facilities are first notch, the first class. Our fans love it because they have unparalleled access to the players. They That's get so, up so close. It looks like in the pictures that I've seen, Jeff, that it looks like they're really close to the action. They have. We designed it in a way that the fans can get right up close to the areas where the players are doing their work, whether it's the bullpens, the batting cages, the practice fields, the agility field. It really gives an entire feeling for a fan about what spring training is all about. And the players love it because they're getting out for the first time and, and training, and they like to have the fans around. So... I have a feeling that even though Houstonians don't really travel for spring break to Florida that much, that that's going to change because this is a destination. It's a must-see, and the fans that are here this year are going to go back and talk about it, and I think we're going to have more in the future. And how about the destination of the Sports Grill Hill, Duffy Sports Grill? I mean, you you go over the bridge here, and you come into this beautiful, luxurious area with all the the restaurants and bars and shops around here, a great you know, stuff like this, but go to ball games every day. This is a great, a great spot. It's a great area. I spent eight spring trainings here with the Cardinals in this region, and I'll tell you, mm-hmm. I love being near the beach. I love being near West Palm Beach and Palm Beach Gardens and Palm Beach itself. There's so many great places to go out, to eat, to take your family. Plus, you can't beat the beach in Florida, yeah. especially in February and March. Well, you're listening to Asher Line. Our guest tonight is Je- General Manager Jeff Luno. And, Jeff, one of the things about – 
the new ballpark of the, of the Palm Beaches is, not only is it spring training, but it's also a place where you can send guys that may have injuries, may guys might be on rehab to a first-class facility, and that could be a very important to get those guys back in, into competing uh, uh, to help this team win a championship. It is. We design this facility to be open 12 months a year, mm. and starting now, we're going to have players here all the time. Our major league players are not going to have any problem coming down here for rehab. Our minor league players are going to be here for rehab. We're going to have a Gulf Coast League team here. We're going to have an instructional league team here. So this is going to be a facility that's going to be basically open year-round, and we designed it that way, and it's going to benefit the entire organization. I think you and A.J. Hinch had a pretty clear vision on what you guys wanted to accomplish in the offseason. Let's hear this first clip from one of the guys you guys got. I just want to thank uh, Jeff and Jim, ownership, for uh, making this work. When I was looking at the roster and looking at the guys that we have in the, in the clubhouse, it wasn't uh, a tough decision for me to make. I'm happy to be where I am and uh, looking forward to work with the younger guys, you know, like Carlos Correa, Altuve, Bregman, the, you know, the young core, and also the acquisition of Brian McCann, which I believe is a great acquisition. You know, we, we're here to help, to add to what the Astros have and continue to play good baseball. And hopefully, you know, the mentality is like how you can make it to a playoff. That's a mentality. And we got a word for that. Jeff Luna, of course, that was Carlos Beltran. And one of the guys that is probably a Hall of Fame baseball player, still a very good player, but also a great acquisition. When you think about some of the things he can bring to the team, and I know the one thing you think about, that presence in the clubhouse, but I want to talk about something else. But first off, your observations on some of the acquisitions you guys were able to obtain and what they look like in the clubhouse and out on the field so far that you've seen. First of all, I told the team the other day when we had our team meeting that we targeted specific individuals. We went after them early and aggressively, and we got basically all of our work done before the winter meetings even started. And that's because we have a terrific young core of players that is set to win for a long time. And we wanted to surround them with free agents that were the right fit for our clubhouse and the right fit for our team. And Carlos Beltran is exactly that type of guy. Mm. He's a switch hitter who is still incredibly productive. He's going to turn 40 years old here any day now. Yeah. But he is, he's playing as, as well as he has he's in his entire career, year. really. And, and you're right. I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer when all is said and done. But we, we get these guys because they're productive on the field. But we also know the leadership that they bring, the experience that they bring, and all the intangibles that, that you know, when you're adding a big piece to a clubhouse, and anytime you're signing a free agent to a lot of money or, or years, you're adding a big piece to the club. And these guys, whether it's Reddick, Charlie Morton, uh, trading for Brian McCann, bringing in Carlos Beltran, uh, picking up Noria Yoki off waivers, so far all of them have seamlessly integrated with our team. And I'll tell you what, I see this friendship forming between Reddick and Springer, mm -hmm. that every day they're out there, they're in the same hitting group, they're starting to joke around with each other. I see Beltran not only mentoring Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve and, and some of the younger guys, but he's he's been spending time with some of our minor leaguers, some of our... Uh, you know, both American Latin players, and it really is terrific to see. Might be overstepping my, my boundary just a little bit here, Jeff, but one of the things that Robert Ford and I were talking about on the, on the plane ride here today was that Beltron's the best stolen base percentage guy in the history of baseball of guys that have stolen 300 bases. How, what what a, an effect that he may be able to, to give on, like, Springer, yeah. a guy that looks like he should steal bases at a higher percentage. Yeah. I mean, Beltran was a five-tool guy when he came up. We all remember it with Kansas City. 
And the one thing that he did is he used his tools effectively. He was really smart about when he chose to run. And, you know, there was another guy like that when I was with the Cardinals, Albert Pujols, even though he's not known for his speed. Right. He he led the Cardinals in stolen bases because he was smart about knowing when to run. And we know we've got guys that can run. Correa, Springer, Altuve, Bregman, all these guys, Marisnik. I mean, they all can run. Reddick runs well. Aoki runs well. Uh, But... For us to add value, create value, base running, we need to make sure we have over a 70% success rate, which means picking the right spots to do it. And I think Carlos is going to teach them a lot about that. And in the technique as well. Well, you're listening to Astro Line, brought to you by Carbot Brewing Company. Our guest this week is General Manager Jeff Luno. Danny Ferris, our social media coordinator, can take your questions via hashtag Astro Line on Twitter or Facebook. The Astros have landed in West Palm Beach. It's about time to 2000. In 17 spring training will be the Astros' inaugural season in the new ballpark of the Palm Beaches. The site includes many fan-friendly and state-of-the-meet amenities for fans to enjoy a game right up close for tickets. And for more information, visit ballparkofthepalmbeaches.com. you got to get out here. All right, I want to talk to you about one of the guys, not really the main acquisition, but one of the guys that you guys started your offseason with, and you brought this up a couple of times, it started... In July, when you guys yeah. acquired Yulieski Gurriel. Yep. Looks like he's going to be the first baseman. But let's talk a little bit about him, and I've got a couple of questions too, but what do you think he's going to be able to add to the equation? He's a sleeper because even though we made a big investment and, and outbid a bunch of teams to get him, um, you know, he, he was with us in August and September, and we, then we made a bunch of acquisitions, so people kind of forgotten about him. Mm-hmm. But really the reason we went after him aggressively was we looked at the upcoming free agent class and, and we realized that we were, we were need to get to replace a bunch of players, and we targeted him. We were able to get him. You know, when he came up, he showed us right away what he's been able to do in the Cuban League for all these years. This guy has incredible bat-to-ball skills. He can drive the ball to all fields. And, and it took him a little time to get used to our league, but he still ended up with very good numbers and without really having the proper preparation of a spring training. So I think the difference this year is that He's going to go through the entire spring training the way we do it here in the major leagues, very different than they do it in Cuba. And he's going to get used to the rigors of our schedule because we play more games. There's more training involved. But this guy has been one of the best players in Cuba for over a decade, and there's a reason why, and it's a great league, and that league has produced a lot of good major leaguers. And this guy possibly could be hitting eighth or ninth in our lineup. It's crazy. And he's one of Cuba's best hitters. So that, that speaks to the strength of our lineup this year. You talk about some of the adjustments that Yulieski Gurriel has had to make, but also just the fact that when they play in Cuba, they don't pay, play that many games during the course of a week. It's right. like three or four games tops. But the other thing, Jeff, and you know this full well, is they show up to the game and they play. Right. They don't prepare. They don't get to the ballpark at 1.30 for a 7 o'clock game and hit balls, hit balls off the tee, take some soft. I mean, they don't do yeah. all that stuff. They just show up and go. And the other thing is, and I'd like to see if you'll talk to this, is he's really never worked out, you know, in in a manner like they they do here. He's never really lifted weights and worked out and trained. We see that a lot with players that come over from Cuba and and other places because they don't have the facilities. They don't have the benefit of having a strength and conditioning coach, much less three or four dedicated ones that know what they're doing, their nutrition program. So there's a lot of upside. But... You think about the, you know, the Ioannis Cespedes and, and Abreu from the White Sox. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of tremendous talent that comes out of Cuba. And if we can harness it and, and get a benefit of even better player by providing them 
the strength and conditioning support, the nutritional support, the training and all of that. I mean, the, obviously this guy was an elite player on the world stage, so he did a lot to prepare himself in his own way, but he didn't have the support infrastructure behind him that he now does. So we're hoping that that, that helps him and, and helps him continue to have a long and productive career here in the U.S. Jeff Luno, one of your acquisitions in the offseason was Charlie Morton, a pitcher that only pitched four games last year. Stuff was great, and it's always been great, but it's had a hard time to stay on the field. What made you guys want to leap into that? Uh, I mean, it looks like the talent's there, yeah. but what makes you think that you can get uh, a lot of production out of Charlie Morton? Charlie's got terrific stuff, and like you said, if he stays healthy, he is going to be a valuable contributor to our rotation, and we really do have confidence in our doctors. We have confidence in our training staff. You know, Jeremiah Randall, we hired him from the Pirates, and that's where Charlie Morton was, so he's mm. very familiar with all of Charlie's uh, history and and where the, where the possible problems might occur. So I think we've got as good a shot as anybody of keeping him healthy. And if we do, I think that's going to become the steal of the offseason because this guy has a chance to be a very, very good starter for us. Well, we're in West Palm Beach for the very first time. We're at Duffy's Sports Grill in West Palm Beach. Jim Fumey with Gulf Coast Windows is here at the Gulf Coast Windows. 2017 Astros season tickets are on sale right now. Enjoy some of the best seats at Minute Maid Park. Save money. Receive great benefits throughout the season. Call one eight seven seven nine astros or visit astros.com slash season tickets to get your seats today. Steve Sparks alongside Jeff Luno. You're listening to Astroline. We'll be back with a little bit more right after this. From Louisiana State University in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The next pitch is lifted right field pretty deep. Over toward the line goes Piscotti toward the corner, and that's gone! Alex Bregman, a two-run home run. His first home run as a big leaguer, and the Astros tie it at two. And he goes oppo to do it, showing off that power. I was happy I got the job done, and then uh, it was just a bonus that it went out and uh, couldn't really hold the smile back for the first homer. And welcome back to Astro Line. We're at West Palm Beach. Duffy Sports Grill on Clematis. Thank you very much. A lot of fans here. Houston Astros fans checking out their first spring training in a beautiful complex. We talked about that with our general manager, Jeff Luna, in the last segment. And, of course, that was a little clip of some of the things that Alex Bregman was able to do. Got to the big leagues pretty quickly. First of all, congrats on the radio call. That was Bregman's first home run, and Robert Ford and Steve Sparks called it. That's right. And I interviewed very, very him well. before that game, and he may be interviewing the next day because he's superstitious. There you go. Why not? <laughs> you know, the amazing thing is that Alex Bregman uh, was in college two years ago Isn't at that this crazy? point in time. Yeah. And we drafted him. He ascended through the minors at a record pace, got to the big leagues, and everybody said maybe we brought him up too quickly because he struggled initially. Two for 28. But I'll tell you what. You know what A.J. did? He was batting like seventh in the lineup. A.J. moved him up to second in the lineup funny? after he couldn't, he that couldn't was brilliant. hit. It was it was amazing move. And I think it just gave him a boost of confidence. This team believes in me. They're going to they're gonna go up and down with me. And and then when once Bregman started to hit, I will tell you from that point on for the rest of the season, he was one of the most productive offensive players, not only on our team, yeah. but in the entire league. He was. Unfortunately, he got a little bit banged up there towards the end. He came back and valiantly tried to get back on the team and help us win those last few games. Wasn't to be. Got a, big, got a big hit off of Felix. Huge, huge hit off of Felix. But, you know, I think Alex Bregman, as a sophomore in the big leagues, is going to be one of our most important players this year, one of our most reliable players. And he is already carrying himself in spring training like a veteran. And, and I think that's a good thing. 
You know what makes me think that he's going to be really special is that he went two for 28 to start off his major league career. But last year in spring training, he was two for 33. Yeah. And you're thinking, how can this guy be so confident? Yeah. Because he knows. I mean, he knows that he's got the ability. He's going to figure it out. He talks to people. He talks to Altuve. He talks to Miguel Cabrera. He talks to guys to try to learn, and he can incorporate it. And he, he's a very skilled player, but he's very smart, too. He is. He's a sponge, and I've seen him not only talking to our coaches, but the other players that we brought in. And, you know, we also forget that he had to switch positions. I mean, he was a shortstop his entire college career and in the minor leagues, and we moved him over to third. And mm. you know, even though they, people say third's not as demanding as, as shortstop, uh, you get balls from a completely different angle. You're standing 10 feet closer to the bat, um, and it's just a, a totally different perspective. The throws are different, and he handled that seamlessly. So, in fact, he, did, he both he and Valbuena and Yuli all three played really strong defensively last year at third base. And, you know, it's nice because even though it's a corner infield position and people say it's not as important, I'll tell you what, when the ball comes screaming down to the third baseman, you know, we've had our, our share of third basemen in, in my five years in Houston that haven't been able to handle some of those hot shots, and, and he can, and he can get the outs. Let, let's back up just a little bit, and you just mentioned that your five years here in Houston didn't start out clean, but you knew it. The owner, Jim Crane, knew it. You guys had a plan, and it was only going to work if you guys were patient and if you stuck to the program. How gratifying is it to see where you guys are right now? It's amazing because it really took a lot uh, of patience from our fans to live through three seasons where we lost 100-plus games. You, know you guys credit, though, you guys were very transparent. We were. You didn't try to sugarcoat it. And that was Jim's strategy. He wanted to make sure that we were up front with our fans. I think a lot of Astros fans felt in the, uh, you know, between the period of after the World Series and in 05 all the way through until 2011 when the team was finally sold that you know, the team appeared to be going for it but the results on the field weren't matching what they were saying in the front office and in the media and, mm -hmm. and we didn't want to do that we wanted to tell our fans that it's going to take a few years we're going to start building the best young talent we can as soon as we get to a point where we feel comfortable we're going to make the investments necessary and you know our payroll has basically grown by a factor of five since 2014 until yeah. now and that's Jim Crane putting his money where his mouth is and, and believing in what we're doing. And, um, you know, we're well set up for, for years to come. We made it through this offseason without losing our number one draft pick. We've got five picks in the top 100. We did a big investment in the international market this year. And so we're still building the pipeline very strongly and at the same time have a team that, that is poised to compete for, for years to come. So we're in a really good spot organizationally. Listen to Asher Lang brought to you by Carbot Brewing Company and talking to Jeff Luno. And when you talk about this team and the payroll, you get the sense with the competitive nature of Mr. Crane and yourself that you guys, if need be, will even stretch it a little further if need be. I do believe so. That Crane, Mr. Jim has always said, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to win here. And that's the number one priority. We have to do it in a responsible way. Uh, but right now we have uh, a, a, this is the highest payroll we've ever had in the history of the Astros. Mm -hmm. And and I think we're just going to continue to go north as long as the opportunities are there and the, and, and we're able to justify uh, the investments. You know, another thing I will tell you is that I saw a list of the top 50 worst contracts in baseball, and we don't have one player on that really? list. Really, none in and the top 50. And that, to me, is a huge difference for the way we've managed our organization. Let me ask others. you this. When you saw some contracts, some really lengthy contracts, were you thinking, 
Wow, that's really going to hurt that that team because I did. You do, most times when you see a pitcher being signed to five, six, seven-year deals. You and, know they're going to miss at least yeah. one year of that. Position players in their early 30s being signed to eight, nine, ten-year deals. You, you know, they're going to get a benefit in the early years, but they're going to pay the price in the back years. And that's what we're going to try and avoid as much as possible. You know, we want to invest in the right players and, and make sure that we're competitive year in and year out. And we don't want to have any of those bad contracts hanging over our heads. But at the same time, when you're trying to create that atmosphere of a family within an organization, yeah. how do you balance that? Well, we want to make sure that our young players uh, get an opportunity to stick around. And, and I think some will. We've got so many young players right now between, you know, Tuve, who's with us for the next three years, Springer, who's with us for another three years, Correo, who's with us for five years. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got this guy's going to be around for a while, and we're going to have to figure out how to keep them here longer. Um, and still be responsible to the organization, the right. overall uh, strategy that we have in place. First game this Saturday in Lakeland against the Detroit Tigers, February 25th. That's a little earlier than usual because of the World Baseball Classic. Everybody has come yep. to spring training a week earlier uh, because you're going to lose some guys. Seven guys, I believe, are playing in the World Baseball Class Classic that are in spring training right now with the Astros. Give me your feelings on that. I mean, is there a little apprehension that they're going somewhere else where you can't monitor everything? Yeah, naturally there's some apprehension, especially when your team is expected to compete and so many of your players are going to go play in this intense tournament right at the beginning of spring training. I worry more about pitchers than I do position players, and most of the ours are, that are going are, are, are position players. Yep. Uh, but, they, you know, it, they, will, they will certainly get ready because they need to compete in that intense environment. Uh, you know, Nori Aoki's going to probably play both Saturday and Sunday, and then he's flying the red eye to Japan to get ready for those yeah, games. It's crazy. And he just joined our organization. So, uh, but but he will train over there, and he'll be in intense competition. And by the time they come back, they'll they'll be ready to go. When you look at the the World Baseball Classic, and you look at all the rosters right now, it looks like there's a lot of really good players that are still free agents. With that in right. mind, are you guys going to go out there and scout some of these guys looking for ways to get better? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll scout uh, most of the venues, maybe not all of them, and we'll certainly watch the games on TV. Um, it's a little tough to really evaluate uh, in the WBC for signing players to come to camp because we, we feel like we've got a good camp, we're full, and, it's, and to inject someone towards the end is a little difficult unless there's an injury, of course. Mm-hmm. But, but we will be scouting it. We scout all these events, and it's a good opportunity to see the Cuban team and some of the players that we haven't seen, as well as, like you said, there are quite a few free agents that are still out there, and they want to showcase their skills. But, you know, quite frankly, uh, Steve, we're, we're in good shape right now. Our players are healthy. Uh, we have a lot of good players on our roster. We have a lot of depth at AAA. There's nothing you can really point to and say, you know, we have a, we have a glaring need that we need to go fill before opening day. Jeff, our social media coordinator, Danny Ferris, has a question. Uh, via Twitter uh, at hashtag Ashline if you guys have any more during the course of this show. What do you got, Danny? This one's actually from Tim Hammond on Facebook. We're broadcasting live on Facebook. So okay, cool. Be sure to tune in there. Um, you guys were talking about the uh, the leaps that the team has taken in the last five years. Um, so Tim, Tim wants to know, what was the most important aspect of change in culture that took place in the last five years? The culture is something that you can't change overnight. It's not something that you just show up as a general manager and say, okay, we're now going to have a different culture. So it took, it was an organic process that took a lot of time, and it, it, it involved uh, a lot of discussions with the current staff. It involved really uh, figuring out who we're going to bring in to be complimentary. And I love our, our baseball operations staff. I love our, our, our coaching staff in the major leagues, our coaching staff in the minor leagues. And, and part of the culture can be 
described by what we did this offseason. We brought in every manager, every pitching coach, every hitting coach, every trainer, okay. every strength and conditioning coach, and we brought them all to Houston for a week, and we spent a week in Houston talking about our philosophy, exchanging ideas, coming up with a plan for operations this year. Our front office was involved. Everybody got exposed to all the new technologies. And I think I, after the, the week and a half of meetings, I left thinking, you know, I, the culture is where I want it to be. This is a high-performance culture. We want to succeed. We want to give our players the best ability to do their best. And, and we want to win. We want to win multiple championships. And I think we're as well-poised as any organization to do it right now. Jeff, I, I want to follow up on that. And I don't want you to feel like you have to give away any secrets. But when I watch some things, I want to, want to know how you guys stay ahead of the trends. So you look at Colin McHugh a few years ago. You guys were ahead of the trend on, on starting to implement some of the four-seam fastballs because you recognize guys were starting to, to hit the ball that was down pretty well. Now guys are, are probably trying to lift the ball a little bit because more teams are shifting. And I don't want to oversimplify right. this too much, but do you see any, any kind of a trend that you want to stay ahead of right now without giving up any secrets? I do, but I can't tell you about really? it because we're on radio and the Rangers might be listening. <laughs> Uh, but I will tell you that we have an incredible uh, front office. Guys like Brandon Taubman and yeah. Pete Patilla and Mike Elias. And these guys all stay on top of the technology and, and what's going on in their area. We also look at the game and, and how the game is progressing and what we need to do. A.J. Hinch is one of the smartest managers in baseball. So he really is a, a great group of people always thinking about the future and exchanging ideas. And I think part of it, going back to the culture question, we challenge each other. We're not, we're not afraid to, uh, you know, argue with each other and we come up with the best answer. Last thing, real quickly, if you don't mind, stay, staying ahead of the trends. And we saw the Tampa Bay Rays employ this a little bit. They like their starting pitchers to face a lineup twice and then kind of get those guys out of there and phase out. Yeah. And you see the bull pitting is, is kind of a, uh, a trendy topic for teams. I do. The, the, how long you leave your starting pitcher, and that's always a controversial topic, how you manage your bullpen. Yeah. Um, the reality is it's hard to have a, a hard and fast rule that we're only going to face the lineup twice because, you know, if Dallas has mowed through the lineup twice or Lance has, we're not going to take them out Throw of the game. 60 pitches. Exactly. Yeah. So Get them in there. Uh, but the manager knows. Uh, they, they usually have pretty good judgment. I think A.J.'s judgment in this regard is really uh, right on point with what we want. Thank you, Jeff. Well, you're listening to Ashland. We're halfway done. Shriners Hospitals for Children College Classic going on this weekend at Minute Maid Park. It's the College Baseball Children's College Classic out there. Join us March 3rd through the 5th for the 2017 Shriners Hospitals for Children's College Classic. The three-day tournament will feature really top programs, University of Mississippi, Baylor University, Texas Tech, Texas A&M, Texas Christian University with Luke and Baker. Uh, who's a stud in Louisiana State University. For more information and tickets, visit astros.com slash college classic. Get out to Minute Maid Park this weekend. You're listening to Astro Line at Duffy Sports Grill here in West Palm Beach on Clematis. We'll be back with Jeff Luno right after this. And welcome back to Astro Line, brought to you by Carbot Brewing Company. We're at Duffy Sports Grill in West Palm Beach on Clematis Street in I'm Steve Sparks. Our guest tonight is Jeff Luno, the general manager of the Houston Astros. And, of course, that was A.J. Hinch talking about what he expects out of the team this year. And it's kind of interesting when you talk about guys who are interested and guys that that are committed. A lot of times the guys that are committed are the guys that have already made a little bit of money. The guys that are are a little more long in the tooth, that have played a little bit and realize 
What's most important yeah. and what those guys are trying to do is impart that to the younger guys is winning. Yeah. And when I, you talk about McCann batting eighth and he accepts it, it's because he wants to win. He knows what's best for the team. Well, first of all, it's great having a manager who is, is can communicate a message like that so eloquently. You know, the guy has a degree in psychology from Stanford, <laughs> and he's using it to its fullest extent. Yeah. Uh, he told McCann the other day that uh, it's not batting eighth. It's the second cleanup position. <laughs> so uh, that's a good way to market it. And the guy who's going to bat ninth is – So he's is, playing is, to is, McCann's stupidity. It, well, no, not really. He's, uh, it, it's going to be – every at-bat's going to be important. The, the sure. ninth guy's going to be the, the, the pre-leadoff guy. So yeah. there's a way of positioning this. But – uh, but you're right. I think what we see is guys like McCann who have been to the playoffs. You know, he's, he was part of the Atlanta playoffs. He was part of the Yankees playoffs. Uh, guys like Beltran who have been uh, to the World Series with the Cardinals. Um, these guys are, are hungry to get back there because they realize how hard it is to win a championship. And Carlos Beltran has yet to win a championship. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's in his final, maybe in his final year. And so... Um, you know, I think these young guys think that we're going to be good forever and they're going to be on good teams forever sometimes. Um, and I think that combination of the, the, you know, the wise older guys who realize how hard it is because they've been through it for eight, ten years and they haven't gotten there yet or they've gotten there once and they want to get back there. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a great uh, combination for us. But I'll tell you, in the first couple weeks of this camp, our guys look committed. They look to be what, what A.J. was hoping they would show up to be. These guys, they know we can win. They want to win, and I think they're going to expect to win. One of the things that these guys have in common when you talk to these guys that signed with you guys in the offseason was they couldn't wait to, to get on board. They recognized the talent. They recognized how close the Astros were to doing something really special, and they wanted to be a part of it. Yeah, it's true, and it's a, it's a big change from 2012, 2013, when I was out looking to get some free agents. I mean, we got some guys like Scott Feldman to come here um, and others. You know, Luke Gregerson decided to come here three years ago. Uh, but it was a little bit, bit more of a sales pitch back then because sure. we had to prove them that our vision was was right and that things would turn around eventually and they would be relevant. It would be relevant for their time frame. Um, now it's a little bit different. These guys, all of these guys, Reddick, Morton, McCann. McCann had a new trade clause. He could have turned down a trade anywhere, uh, but he wanted to be here. And, and obviously Beltran had a lot of options to go different places. And, and I tell you, I get, I get calls from agents and players who are still unsigned saying my client really wants to come to Houston. And please figure out a way. And, we, you know, we're kind of full at this point, so yeah. we can't. But I don't blame them, though. I mean, this yeah. is a very attractive place right now. It is. And not only do we play in Texas, play in a great market, play indoors, we're in a good division with nice travel, and, and we're going to be a competitive team for a, ways, for a while to come. Uh, it's, it's, it's all good. We just need to go out there and execute. Roy Oswalt showed up in camp just a couple of days ago. He's already made an impact. Looked pretty hands-on. Yeah. It's nice to see Roy be able to come back and, and give something back to these guys. It is. You know, when Roy came to camp two years ago, or he, he dropped by the facility, I ran out and I grabbed him, and he kind of wanted to come and leave without anybody noticing him there. Really? And I said, Roy, you know, we, we want you here. We want you here. Um, we want you to participate. We want you to be a part of it. We want you, This is your club. We want you to feel like you're, mm -hmm. you're welcome anytime, and we want your wisdom. And you know, this year he, he came with an attitude that, okay, I'm going to get in uniform. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to work with these kids. And, uh, you know, he spent 15 minutes with Francis Martis, our number one prospect, and, and they were talking about mechanics and throwing and strategy. And, 
it was just great to see. I mean, our, our you know, you look at Roy Oswalt's career, what he did. Two thousand innings. One of the best innings. Astros ever. Really, I mean, yep. ERA right around three for that many innings for that long of a period of time. So, you know, this guy it was terrific, and we certainly can learn a lot from him. And he's got some energy to teach, so that's it's perfect for us. You know, you guys got, have a lot of guys in spring training this year, and you got a lot of games, and some guys will be gone for some of it, but also. Uh, a lot of intriguing minor league players. Yeah. Uh, when you look at Kyle Tucker, or maybe Franklin Perez, some guys, yeah. you may have an opportunity to bring them up in the latter stages of spring training, I would imagine. I think so. Guys like that who are going to come to minicamp and to minor league spring training who are uh, legitimate potential future major leaguers, they'll get a chance to come and, and play in some spring training games towards the end. So it'll be fun for them. Um, and we do have our system is is loaded. We've got a lot of players in camp that we are excited about, and a lot of players that are coming to mini camp and, and coming to minor league spring training. So, uh, is a lot of work, good work that Ozzo Campo and Michael Eyes have done building our farm system. It's going to pay off. And a lot of tough decisions in the latter stages of spring training yes. because there's a lot of guys that are out of options. There are, and we need to be consider that. Last year, Straley was out of options. He wasn't going to make our club. We ended up trading him. He got traded again, and then he had a terrific year for. Uh, for the Cincinnati Reds. So, you know, you, you have to kind of pick your spots. Uh, we've got a few guys, Chapman and Peacock, that are out of options. Stassi's out of options, and they don't make our club. Other clubs can pick them up for basically nothing. So we're going to have to watch that down the road. Jeff, I wanted to mention a scholarship program that uh, Minute Maid is offering. It's the Grand Slam for Youth Baseball. Go to their website. In 2005, Minute Maid Grand Slam for Youth Baseball announced a scholarship program to assist greater Houston area high school senior boys and girls with first-year college expenses. Now, this is anybody that uh, can apply to this is anybody that played one year of softball or baseball in their entire life. So a lot of people are uh, available for that. So since the scholarship program inception, Minute Maid, Grand Slam for Youth Baseball has awarded more than 260 scholarships and grants totaling $700,000 throughout the years. More than 100 of those scholarships and grant recipients were first-generation college students. Beginning in 2017, the Astros will match their $2,500 pledge. Minute Maid Grand Slam for Youth Baseball Scholarship Committee will award $25,000 scholarships to those. So go to mmgsfyb.com to check that out. That'll run all the way through the month of April, so it's a cool process to be able to do that. Last thing I want to ask you in this segment, Jeff, is... You look at what some of the guys were able to do, and I felt like when you guys went through the middle of the season and had that pretty good run, Chris Davinsky, Michael Feliz, and Scott Feldman had a lot to do with that. And it looks like you're probably going to be able to mix some guys to be able to to keep the team in games where you're losing early and give them a chance to win later on or guys that can bridge that gap to get to the the late-inning relievers. But those guys were huge last year. They were. I mean, Michael Feliz was dominant for a period of over a month, and Chris Davinsky was uh, really probably our MVP over the course of the whole season uh, in a lot of different roles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, both of those guys could be short end-of-the-game relievers. Both of those guys could be starters. Both of those guys could pitch in the middle of the game. So it's going to be interesting to watch A.J., how he uses them, because obviously we've got, you know, Giles, Gregerson, and Harris at the back of the game. We've got Sip. Uh, and others, but those two weapons are so valuable, and I, I have a feeling they're both going to be important parts of our year. Listen to Astro Line. We're at Duffy Sports Grill in West Palm Beach. We're on Clematis Street. More Astro Line with Jeff Lundo, the general manager of the Houston Astros, right after this on the Houston Astros Radio Network. 
last hope for the Yankees. Brian McCann. Infield will shade slightly to pull. Gregerson, the leg kick and the pitch. Ground ball right into the shift, fielded by Correa to the left of second, throws the first in time, and that is the ball game. Start spreading the news. The Houston Astros win the AL wildcard game, beating the New York Yankees 3 to nothing. Kansas City, here they come as the Astros celebrate getting the second wildcard spot on the last day of the season. And now they're headed to the division series for the first time in 10 years. And that's the feeling we want again. No pressure, General Manager Jeff Luno. Welcome back to Astro Line. Of course, that was Robert Ford, the voice of the Houston Astros on that call. And what a feeling that was. And it was two seasons ago. Last year, I'm not going to say it was disappointing. There's circumstances that uh, that changed things. But, uh, man, what a feeling that was to beat the Yankees, to go on to that division series against the Royals. That's the best we've felt so far. I, I absolutely agree. It's one of my favorite radio calls. I have it on tape. I play it over and over again. Yep. It was such a good feeling. I think, uh, you know, we went on and we won a couple. We won that first game in Kansas City and then won that first game when Keiko pitched back home. And we were, we were feeling pretty good about things at that point. But I will tell you, last year we had a winning record, which is good. But that's no longer the bar that we're striving to achieve. We want to we wanna win. We want to go to the postseason. We want to do damage there. So last year was a disappointment. Uh, we get another shot this year. That's yep. the beautiful thing about baseball. And we'll, hopefully we'll get a good roll of the dice health-wise. And I know our guys have the talent to compete. And so this, this year should be a lot of fun. Well, let's talk about this year. You're listening to Astro Line. Steve Sparks here with Jeff Luno, the general manager of the Astros. Brought to you by Carbot Brewing Company. We're at Duffy Sports Grill here in West Palm Beach for the first time. Jeff, this division looks pretty tight. When, when you when you hear a lot of the pundits talk about this uh, American League West, it looks like one of the tightest races that there might be. So why do you feel confident the Astros have what it takes to get to the finish line? We've got a tremendous group of players, and our lineup should be among the best in baseball. Mm -hmm. Our pitching staff, we're going to have plenty of options. Uh, We've got six or seven starters competing for five spots, a lot of different options in the bullpen. And I know the the Mariners have done a lot of good work. The Rangers, we can never count them out. Uh, Oakland's always a, a wild card here, and the Angels have players coming back from injury. So it's going to be a tight division, but... I feel really good about our chances. I really do. I think we've got – I wouldn't trade our team with any of the other four teams in our division. And let's let's go out and start playing these games. We're ready to go. Yeah. You know what? When you talk about depth, I like to look at worst-case scenarios. And, and you would say, what happens if so-and-so gets hurt? So let's say, what happens if Altuve gets hurt? Well, you may be able to move Bregman over to second base. You may be able to put Gary L yep. at third base. I mean, you're covered. We are. What happens if Correa gets hurt? You're covered. What happens if Springer gets hurt? You're covered. You guys have a lot of depth. You're right about that. And there's going to be some injuries. We suffer them every year. Every team does. And, and it's about how you respond to those. And mm-hmm. I'd say not only are we covered internally in terms of we kind of know who would take that person's spot, but we also have, we still have a very strong farm system. So come July, if there's a need and there's a better match outside than inside the organization we have the resources to go out both financially and talent wise to go out and and pull off a trade in july and help ourselves you know two years ago we made the investment we brought in uh carlos gomez and mike fires and we brought in scott casimir and oliver prez and we we traded some prospects to get these guys in and they helped us get over the finish line and get to the playoffs and and helped us in the playoffs a little bit so 
uh, you know, we've proven we can do it. We will do it, and, and we're ready to go if that's the course that it takes. One guy that we got a little taste of at the end of last year was a guy I think has a much higher ceiling than we saw last year was David Paulino. Oh, yeah. What, what do you think that uh, he can reach? Or what, where's his status right now? Where do you think he can get to? His stuff is, you know, he's got a long way to go. But his stuff, there's a guy that's going to be pitching against us in a couple of days here when we go up to Lakeland and mm-hmm. pitch in the first inning named uh, Justin Verlander. And Justin Verlander has amazing stuff. David Paulino's stuff is, is, is in that neighborhood. Really? It's just a matter of him being able to... Uh, utilize it and and deliver it and and be consistent with it. Because By the way, he was a player to be named later in a trade he, for Jose. He Mares. sure was. He sure was. And I remember that trade very well. I called the general manager and I said, "I'll do the deal, but we need to have this other guy as the last piece of the deal." And he said, "I've never even heard of that guy. I'll call you back in a few minutes." He called me back and he said, "Whoever you have scouting is doing a hell of a job, uh, but this guy's going to have Tommy John surgery. I just had it, so I'm sure you don't want him." And I said, "No, no, no. We know he had Tommy John, and we want him anyway." And we got him, we rehabbed him, and, and uh, he's, he's terrific. Uh, but with these young players, you just never know how quickly it's going to transition to the big leagues. And it's very difficult with a pitcher to, uh, to, to make that transition because the hitters are so advanced in the major leagues that you don't have a lot of margin for error. But David's got really high ceiling. Toward the end of spring training, it probably starts in maybe three weeks from now. You guys are starting to call in guys into the manager's office, and you're in that room. Yep. I've sat in many of those rooms where you're told that you're going back down to the minor league side, and, and to start the season anyway, you're not called upon to be a major leaguer. There's a lot of really good players with major league experience on this roster right now that it's in spring training that you're going to have those conversations sure. with. How do you keep guys happy and motivated? Yep. To, to, to be able to help the team later on down the road? Well, it's, it's an issue every spring. And first thing I did is I did some research. I asked uh, one of our guys in the front office to do the research for me. How many players have played on the Astros team, on the big league team, every year over the past five years since I've been here? And the average is between 45 and 50. Wow. So we're going to take 25 guys to Houston. But there's another 25 that are going to be needed throughout the season. And so just because you don't make that opening day roster does not mean you're not going to be on the team. Last year, Devo didn't make the opening day roster, and he was basically our MVP for he the season. He was the pitcher of the year. Yeah. Yep. So uh, there, there's plenty of opportunity here, and I think that's a big part of it. And, and they just need to put them, themselves in the mindset that when the call comes, when I call Tony D or I call Dyer Miller and say who's ready to come up, that they're the guy that's at the top of the list. And then they'll get a chance. You gotta have a lot of confidence in, in those guys in AAA oh, yeah. to, to give you the right advice, don't you? Absolutely. All right, Danny Ferris, our social media coordinator, has a question via Twitter or Facebook. Danny, this one's from Facebook from Chase Pectol. Um, you guys were talking about 25-man roster breaking spring. Um, talking about Tyler White last year making an impact. Yep. Who's a player to watch in spring training that maybe might not make the opening day roster, but somebody to watch uh, that can come up and make an impact? There's a lot of players I could put on that list. I think right now sort of my two sleepers are uh, Colin Moran uh, and Brady Rogers. I think both of those players, they they have a chance to make the opening roster, but if they don't, uh, I think both of them are going to spend significant time in the big leagues, and both of them are going to have a big impact for us. I really love what I've seen from both of them so far the first couple weeks of spring training. Now it's, it's, it's early. They have a long way to go, but we know what kind of talent they had. They both have had success not only in college and also in the minor leagues, and they both made it to the big leagues last year with limited success. And sometimes, you know, that first time you go up, you fail, you go back, you, you get motivated. Yeah, you, you, you learn a lot. Yeah. You come back the second time, and it's a different story. What about Ramon Laureano, the yeah. guy that uh, 
led the minor league baseball in on-base percentage last year, went yeah. to their Arizona Fall League against really good competition, was the player of the week to start things off. He made quite an impact. What do you expect from him? He did. He was terrific. Yeah, he had a breakout year last year, and uh, not only did we notice it, but every uh, opposing general manager that I had trade conversations with, they say, oh, what about this guy, Ramon really? Laureano, trying to sneak him in there. Really? There's no sneaking Thinking him in there. Thinking you don't know we, who he is. We know exactly who he is. <laughs> you know, this is uh, a guy that got drafted, a uh, Dominican guy, uh, came to the U.S., went to junior college, got drafted, sort of worked his way through our system, and... He is so confident. We sent him to the fall league, and, you know, I asked him the first time I saw him this uh, this spring, I said, Ramon, what, tell me about uh, what happened last year, and can you repeat it? And he said, not only can I repeat it, I, I think I'm going to do better. Uh, he's worked really, really hard. He's put himself in this position, and he's become one of our top prospects. Um, Alejandro Gar- Garcia, a guy that I'll be shamed <laughs> to, to tell you that I'd never heard of before you guys invited him to spring training. Tell me about him. He's an yeah. outfielder. So Alejandro Garcia uh, defected from Cuba and uh, really didn't play for about two years. And our, our scout, Charlie Gonzalez, who's one of the best scouts in the industry, yeah. uh, worked him out, tried him out, uh, really wanted us to sign him. We signed him. Um, he went to play in the DSL and, and then last year worked his way through our system all the way up to AAA. And he hasn't had the training that, that most of our players have because he's only been in, in U.S. organized ball for a, a year. Uh, but he has some really special skills, and uh, we're expecting, you know, this guy hit for high average everywhere he's been, including the Cuban National League. So um, we'll have to see how it goes, but uh, he's still early in his career, and even though he's a little older than the other guys, and I have high expectations for him. Well, General Manager Jeff Luno, thank you so much for joining us here. The, our first one here at West Palm Beach, Robert Ford and I got here about four hours ago, and we're giddy. We're very go. excited about this season. It's going to be really exciting. Our first broadcast will be Saturday in Lakeland, Florida. That'll be 12.05 Central Time. Uh, so, Jeff, thank you very much for joining us in this inaugural, inaugural uh, uh, Astro line here at Duffy Sports Grill here in West Palm. The first of many, and in a couple of years from now I'll be here, and we'll be talking about the, the great year that we had the year before. There we go. We may be toasting in here. How about that? All right, I want to thank Matt Boltz. He's our producer and our engineer for the broadcast, and Josh C., who's our studio engineer. Of course, Danny Ferris, who mans the Twitter, the Facebook. He's our social media coordinator. Robert Ford will host next week here at Duffy Sports Grill. Uh, it's brought to you by Carbuck Brewing Company. So thankful to all of you guys who came out here to join us. I'm Steve Sparks, along with Jeff Luno. So long, everybody. <laughs>